from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? This is the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We're happy to report today that we've reached a new threshold on Twitter, by the way, thanks to you all. Uh, the Twitter handle, at Black Blue Report, is doing very well and seems to be the best way to get you each day the uh, lineup that we have on the podcast. As you know, uh, we're covering both the Saints and the Pelicans and the major sporting events, and uh, it seems to be received well at this point. And so thanks for helping us get that new threshold on Twitter. Um, and we'll ask those of you that have not, go ahead and follow uh, producer Dan will be very happy about that. Sean Kelly here with you on this Thursday. This is a busy day on Airline Drive for us. Uh, we put together a lot of things, not just this program, but the Monty Williams show gets uh, taped and uh, produced today. That comes your way later on tonight, and I'll have more news on that as we go throughout the uh, show today uh, as far as the uh, programming notes with the uh, Monty Williams show. The Pelicans are practicing today. We have Olympic news regarding Anthony Davis, all-star news possibly later today, uh, and then it's a travel day as well for the Pels as they head off to Detroit and a game against the uh, Pistons tomorrow. So a lot on our plates this Thursday. I'm sure the same goes for you, and I hope that uh, having a little no-appointment radio on your side, the Black and Blue Report, uh, fits in just nicely with your uh, schedule today. Richard Sherman, back in the news, uh, well, hasn't gone away, has he? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I thought the other day when I brought all this up that I would just say my little piece when I had J.D. on and, and leave it at that. But um, you know what? I, I guess I, I'm not done. <laughs> First of all, I, I guess I'm not surprised as to what we're seeing with this deal. Um, but the more I've looked at this whole situation, this 27-second piece of video, uh, the more I'm inclined to say, uh, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I, I think I think we've made a lot out of this, and it certainly must make Mr. Sherman smile. He, he has uh, received a star status as a cornerback in the NFL because of what he did last week. Um, you know what? I, I, I wasn't going to share the story the other day, but I am going to share it with you today. Uh, there was a member of the Saints who, in a postgame locker room this past season, did something very similar in an interview that I conducted. So when I saw that with Richard Sherman, I wasn't stunned, I guess. Um, I, didn't, I didn't air or we didn't put the interview with said Saints player up online for you. I just felt like that wasn't fair. Um, I didn't know that player as well at the time, so I didn't want to put up something that he, would may, he may regret down the road or uh, that would cast a a different light on him than maybe he was trying to portray. I think that one thing that I guess I hope people understand is because of my relationship with the players that I work with in this organization, both Saints and Pelicans, kind of the, the, the feeling is I'll never put them in a bad spot. That's that's kind of my promise to them. I'll never put them in a bad spot. And so I didn't the, – the interview never got out. Um, but, you know, it happened here, I guess, is what I'm saying. And so – 
I don't have a problem with Richard Sherman doing that, and that was the that I guess that's the whole thing of working without a net, the live television aspect of what we saw last weekend, and it's a part of this great huge reality show that we're talking about. Did he did he drop any bombs on the air? Uh, did he uh, physically threaten anybody? No. Um, was he a perfect gentleman? No. But is that really what we have to be all the time in the emotion of a post game situation? I just I don't know. The more I thought about it, the more I wanted to say something again today about what transpired in that post-game interview. And uh, and so for us as a society and for us as sports viewers, um, use it however you will, but I don't think any of us should take it personally or put a personal attack back on him as uh, some have uh, done here in this past week. Um, and think about it just for a second. Like I said, in a, in a post-game interview with – a member of the black and gold post-game. I mean, and that was even after a cooling-off period. Emotions run high. Things are, are said um, that um, can be appropriate. Sometimes they may not be, but uh, that then, then that in itself becomes a different conversation. But in the appropriateness of an NFL football game and the emotion that goes into it and the passion that goes into it, sometimes some of that can spill over, and it's okay. And so that's – there you go. So – Producer Dan, if you'll kick the soapbox out from under my feet, I think we'll move on with the show today. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but uh, the All-Star starters will be named later today. I'd love to think that Anthony Davis would be in that uh, situation, uh, but in all likelihood he won't be. Uh, we're going to effort to have Anthony for you on the show today. Uh, Jim Eichenhofer here in just a moment. He'll uh, stop by from Pelicans.com. I want to ask him about All-Star starters perhaps and then uh, Davis's uh, selection uh, to move forward with the uh, U.S. national team. So his uh, steps, Davis's steps toward Rio uh, continue to progress as he's now, I think, one of 28. Jim will straighten me out on that in just a moment here. But uh, also on the program today, we're going to talk football with John Carney, the former Saints kicker. A very uh, good conversation with John. And then Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports stops by to give us his take on the uh, doings in Mobile, Alabama as the Senior Bowl week uh, starts to wrap up. So a pretty good program for you today. Uh, again, I, I had my thoughts on Richard Sherman there, and so I'm done with that, and uh, we can all move on now. And we'll hear from Eichenhofer, Davis, Vizan, and Carney. You're coming up next. NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. The Pelicans Valentine's 3-Game Flex Pack, presented by Woodhouse Day Spa, is a great gift for the basketball lover in your life. This limited-time offer includes two tickets to any three games of your choice on the Pelicans' schedule, including matchups against the Clippers, Thunder, and Heat. Packages start as low as $54, plus the first 200 packs purchased will include a $25 gift card to Woodhouse Day Spa. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Valentine's 3-Game Flex Pack today. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. 
still to come today, John Carney, Sean Fazan, Jim Eichenhoff for now, though, here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, of course, is the, our writer for Pelicans.com, a member of also the Pelicans Traveling Party. Uh, you've been busy this morning, haven't you, sir? I certainly have. I just listened to uh, the conference call with USA Basketball with Coach K and Jerry Colangelo. It was pretty interesting. They covered a lot of different topics including uh, several discussions, points about the Pelicans as well. Yeah, let's get, we may as well start with that. There's a couple of things I want to ask you about, but we'll start with that. Anthony Davis uh, named one of the 28 finalists now for, the, for, I guess, what you would call the next version of the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and they usually kind of space it out over the next couple of years. They're talking about the roster that we'll see not only uh, this summer, but then 2015, 2016, and, and really the most important piece being Rio and the summer games. So congratulations to Anthony for that honor. Um, I, I can't say that it that it comes as a surprise because he shined at minicamp. He is a already uh, an Olympian uh, with Team USA. Uh, what did Coach K have to say about AD as a as a part of that roster? Sure, I, I mean I think you don't you don't want to make too many assumptions, but it's really interesting to listen to Coach K talk. It makes you think that you know he's Anthony Davis is going to be a big part of the program going forward. You know the next several years, not just this team right now, but um. It was interesting. Coach K talked a lot about how the crop of of young American big guys has really um, improved the last few years. There's been a lot of guys like DeMarcus Cousins and Andre Drummond that have come into the NBA and have kind of reestablished the seven foot six ten guys. There was a, a stretch there where there weren't that many American big guys that were really coming up through the ranks. But of all the guys he talked about, he it seemed like he definitely had the most glowing terms to describe Anthony Davis. I mean, whether it's on or off the court, it just seems like Coach K really already with the relatively limited amount of time that he's been around him has a real big appreciation for what kind of person Anthony Davis is, um, what he's already accomplished on the court, and maybe just as importantly or more importantly, he, he sees the upside that he has. He sees how much Anthony Davis has already improved from year one to year two in the NBA and, and kind of pictures, you know, how good could this guy be five years from now? So he yeah. talked about that a lot today. Any other surprises on the list? I mean, did it seem pretty straightforward or was there, you know, was there a bombshell moment on that conference call this morning? No, not really. I don't think it was, there was anything that was really, um, you know, so, too surprising. One thing that coach K also mentioned um, Pelicans wise is just that, that, you know, Drew holiday is still going to be a name that's, you know, that they're going to look at that they're going to consider over, time and as coach K mentioned a few times and unfortunately we've seen this in the NBA there's been a million injuries and so you know Drew's still a name that they're that they're looking at and they still really liked having him at their training camp last year and and seeing some of the things that he's been doing. Sticking on the Anthony Davis conversation uh, it's been pretty phenomenal what he's done here not only in the last eight or nine I guess that encompassed the month of January Um, the all-star starters will be announced later today I I don't think and whether you do you agree? I don't think he's he makes that cut. He doesn't. Right? No, realistically, I mean, unless there somehow were a few, a couple million people that decided <laughs> to change their vote. I mean, if you just look right. at the numbers, I think he was seventh or eighth among front court players at last check, and he needs to be in the top three. So realistically, no, he doesn't. He's not going to be a starter. Does he make the team though? Does the do the coaches put him in? I think they will. Um, just from from listening to a lot of the coaches talk about him throughout this season, whether it's been here in New Orleans or the games we've been to on the road. It, I mean, the coaches love him. They they have so many good things to say about him. I know he just seems like he's he's a really popular 
guy among the coaches because, again, just like with Coach K, they like his makeup. They like the way he carries himself off the court. And and you can't argue with the numbers that he's put up. If you watch the games, I mean, I think he's definitely an all-star. The The only question I would I think you would have is just there's so many teams in the West that have a good record. There's so many good players. I mean, it's not – it's not easy to make the team, but I, I think he's had the kind of season where he deserves to be there. All right. You want to take a crack at who the starters are going to be in the West? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> you know, honestly, I haven't looked lately at the numbers, but I know, like, Kobe was one of the – Kobe was in the top two, I think, still for guards. All right, yeah. Um, this is the part was Chris Paul like. was Chris Paul was in the top two, right? I would think. We don't even know if he'll play. Yeah. Um, I know Blake Griffin was – I think he was still – Number one, honestly, I haven't really looked at that closely because I haven't uh, just because I knew Anthony didn't really have much of a chance right. to be a starter. Right, and Kevin Durant's got to be up there. So yeah, yeah, yeah he might he's be the pretty popular. Now, as, a, as the last report showed, he was gaining on. Okay, the top I mean he there. should be based on oh, the way he's out. played the last few weeks. He's the MVP Amazing, in the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's no question about that. Real quick before I let you go, every day you kind of put out. Well, it's almost every day. Right. If I'm not working, I don't put out. I think you're talking about five things. Five to know. things. Yeah. Yeah. Five things for us today. What will we see on Pelicans.com? Um, basically, just uh, I mean, we're gonna have obviously, like we always do, we're gonna have video from practice today of the guys talking about the the trip to Detroit. Um, I'm actually doing a midseason report today because we're exactly 41 games through the season. Um, I do a weekly by the numbers. Um report where I just kind of take a statistical look at the team. I do that every Thursday-ish or Friday, depending on the, the game schedule. So, I mean, those are just a few of the things that we're going to be be uh, putting out today. All right, Jim offer. thank you, sir, for stopping by. Go get your heavy coat and mittens. 16 in Detroit today, by the way. Is it that warm? Uh, yeah, oh. well, <laughs> Jim, come on. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I'd bring up another topic with Jim, but then I think I'd get us both in trouble. Having to do with the Super Bowl, but I'll let that go. Uh, Jim will be on the plane with us later this afternoon. Hey, our basketball conversation turns uh, heavy tonight when we go with the Monty Williams show at 8 o'clock Central on our flagship station in New Orleans. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. And again, it's our most extensive visit with Coach Williams uh, each and every week. You can hear that on the radio tonight, 8 to 8.30. We call it our radio magazine. Uh, It's kind of an inside look at Pelicans basketball. It's yours tonight at 8. We'll have some more of it for you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report as well. All right, we turn our attention to football for the rest of today's podcast. Sean Fazan a bit later. We'll talk Senior Bowl with him from Mobile. And uh, up next, a very, very cool conversation I have with John Carney this morning. I'll share it with you in just a moment. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind.
Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report, really, his name is synonymous with the Saints, and, and that's John Carney. I know most everybody who follows the Black and Gold knows John or has heard of John or watched him kick. Uh, certainly, uh, John, your name uh, rings a lot of bells with the Saints fans over the years. Probably, I guess we'd call it the modern era of the Saints, but you're such a big part of it. Um, I know folks around here would say that you're a former Saints kicker, but kind of like a lot of guys, once a Saint, always a Saint. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way. I do feel that same way. Really enjoyed my time in New Orleans with the New Orleans Saints and the fans of Louisiana. Uh, just a great experience, and we had some great moments together. John, what was the last time you kicked something? I don't know anything. Uh, that would be two days ago. <laughs> I still uh, I still train, um, and I mentor and coach kickers at the pro college and high school level, kickers and punters, so... I'm out there on the field at least three days a week, um, kicking with the, the next generation of specialists. You know, your 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 role as a uh, mentor and trainer really started here in New Orleans, didn't? I don't, I don't think many people give you enough credit for what you did off the field for a young guy like a Garrett Hartley or uh, or any as your role as it turned out to be late in the Super Bowl season. Is that really where your your coaching uh, career took off? Uh, I, I believe so. Um, I had an opportunity, again, to work with Garrett Hartley and Thomas Morstead. Thomas was a rookie in 2009, and, and Garrett uh, hadn't really completed a full season and, and was just kind of cutting his teeth as well in the NFL. So great opportunity for me not only to play but to work with those guys side by side and teach Thomas things like onside kicks that we may use in the Super Bowl and, and work with Garrett and make sure that he was uh, crossing his T's and dotting his I's. And uh, just uh, a lot of fun. And, of course, I appreciate the, the opportunities uh, from Coach Payton and Mickey Loomis to allow me to do that. John Carney with us here on the uh, Black and Blue Report. John, take me back to that fall. Um, what kind of a kid did you encounter Garrett Hartley to be? Uh, Garrett's a very talented kid, a lot of energy. And I uh, just need to be directed. You know, he, uh, like many young rookies, uh, they they want to kick, they want to work out, but they don't have a great routine in place. And they need to uh, focus on making that routine uh, geared towards being your best on Sunday. So, you know, it's something we worked on together and, and we competed with each other. And I thought that made both of us sharper. John, you know, I think kickers probably get a bad rap sometimes on the mental side of things, but I'm not sure, so sure there's anything else in football that can be compared to what specialists mentally go through. Is there another sport, another type of athlete that's a more fair comparison? Uh, not exactly, but a close second would be a relief pitcher uh, where he goes in at the end of the game and, you know, he only has one inning maybe to work through. And uh, so his pitches, every pitch counts. Um, so a relief pitcher, very similar, and a, a hockey goalie, although the hockey goalie is in there for the entire game. Uh, but that one save could win the game, and if he doesn't uh, stop that puck, uh, you know, he could end up on the losing side. So those are two positions I see are very similar uh, to a place here because, again, those are an individual skill where all, all eyes are on you, but at the same time you're, you're buried into a team sport and you're a teammate. You mentioned relief pitching. I, you know, in my days dealing with baseball guys, I remember all the relievers telling me, you know, this is the one position where you have to have a horrible short-term memory. You have to be able to flush the good just as quickly as you can flush the bad. Is that the case too? It is. 
It is. And when things go bad, you need to identify what went wrong very quickly and correct it and move on. Um, you certainly can't dwell on it because that'll that's definitely going to affect um, your future performance. And you need to really get back in the saddle and, and get on top of things right away and um, right the ship. As you're aware, Hartley was let go by the Saints, you know, late in the season. Shane Graham came in. Uh, the dynamic, John, as you see it, of changing a specialist midstream like that and the dynamic of that, that snapper, the, the holder, the kicker, that relationship that has to stay in play for so long, um, do, is that more of a challenge than maybe we made it out to be, seeing a change like that? Well, it is, and, and uh, credit to Shane Graham for coming in there and, and, and doing well and, of course, a great game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But it is, and I had an opportunity to, to play that role and, and to come in and to, to get in sync with the snapper and holder right away and, um, you know, you come in on a Tuesday and you're playing a game a few days later. So uh, it's, it's a big challenge. Um, but I know the specialists at New Orleans Saints and special teams coach, Coach Greg McMahon, uh, who's one of the best out there, I made sure that there was a smooth transition. Was Greg, um, was Greg tough on you guys or did he have to, uh, I guess, be more of a brother type coach? Uh, I think both. You know, he he has his expectations, and rightly so. Um, and he, you know, writes it out for us early in the week. This is what I expect of you guys this week, and this is what we're going to try to accomplish in the game. And um, he is confident that and that we're mature enough to take care of that, and he keeps close tabs on us. But uh, loves playing for Greg McMahon. He's a great motivator and great X's and O's, and like I said, one of the best in the league. John Carney with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, John, let me take you back to this time in 2010, uh, that that week before Super Bowl week. I'm intrigued by the uh, by the team dynamic that goes into this time of year for the two teams that are left. Obviously, Super Bowl week features media day. Uh, you try and make it close to what you would say as a normal game week schedule. But what about the week before, the week immediately following the AFC or NFC championship games? What's that like? Well, it's a little crazy because uh, uh, every relative and every friend you've ever had calls you for tickets. <laughs> so you have to you have to put together your list of tickets, and it's, it's limited. So uh, you know some feelings get hurt, but that's a, a big priority to get those ticket obligations out of the way early. Um, then there's travel plans for uh, out to your family and, and other relatives that may travel down there. You got to take care of them in their hotels. So. It's a lot of busy work and administrative work, to be honest with you. You do work out, you do train, but uh, not quite with the focus you'll train with next week. It's interesting. Uh, you know, part of next week, of course, is the Hall of Fame of selections. Uh, I had Morton Anderson on, what was it, Daniel, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was. Uh, he's a finalist. Uh, what about Morton Anderson in the Hall of Fame? What about kickers in general in the Hall of Fame? What's your take? Well, Martin certainly deserves to get in, and I can tell you uh, from the kicking community, we're all pulling for him. Uh, he, he owns all the major records. He's the king of place kicking, and um, I really hope, uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there with him. I really want him to get in there uh, because he deserves it, and he deserves to be in the hall for what he has done for the teams he's played for and what he's done for the position of place kicking. Um, I, as you know, the hall does not have a lot of place kickers. And in fact, they have one pure place kicker, and that's Jan Stenerud. So um, it's about time they, they get another guy in there and, and Morton should be that guy. Is it too crazy to ask John that we get two kickers in because Ray Guy ought to be in this conversation too on the punting side? Well, he should, and uh, I didn't mean to leave him out. Um, he definitely should be in, and, you know, 
uh, everybody scratches their head. Why isn't Ray Guy in the Hall of Fame? And now uh, he gets an opportunity to come in at this time of his of his life. And I know he's very excited about it. And and so is the specialist community. And again, um, you know, no punter gets in until Ray Guy gets in. So uh, it'll be exciting. And I, I really do believe he'll get in this year. John, there's about to be a big conversation about extra points and their place in the pro game. Um, what is your feeling on whether or not extra points should stay in the NFL? Well, I know Jacksonville will vote for uh, the extra points staying in the game since my um, my all-time mess-up was down in Jacksonville and it gave them the victory. Uh, I, I definitely believe that the extra point needs to stay in the game uh, it, it, it was part of the game from its inception, um, you know, centuries ago. And uh, although it's uh, a high percentage, um, it's just part of the game. There are, there are obviously things that can go wrong. There are uh, fake extra points that happen, um, which is always great their job um, during the week with the special teams coaches. Um, and it's just, it's just part of the game. And to make an analogy, you know, the, uh, uh, the point guards in the NBA are very accurate in their free throws. Does that mean we stop having them shoot free throws because they're very accurate and skilled at that? Um, I don't think so. Or professional golf, for that matter, if it's a two-foot putt, you know, 99.9% uh, of the time those professional golfers are going to make that two-foot putt. So do they pick it up or do they still put it out? And, of course, they still put it out. So um, I think the extra point needs to stay. That's a great analogy right there. Now, obviously, you and I have never played golf, so – Right. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I might say, John, you can pick that up. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Thanks, yeah. John. <laughs> I get the point. Uh, you mentioned that you've been working with a lot of young kickers um, in a professional standpoint as a coach a couple days a week. Um, what else is keeping your time uh, here uh, post-football, John? Well, that keeps a lot of my time. I uh, have some uh, really good uh, college guys coming in uh, this February to get ready for the combine. Uh, Tyro Santos is one of them out of uh, – Tulane right there in your hometown and a great kicker with the, I think he won the Luke Rosa award last year. Uh, so my clients keep me busy. Um, I am in the midst of putting together an instructional DVD series on kicking, punting and training. I've been working on that for a few months and hopefully that'll hit the market by February. It'll also be uh, downloadable on Vimeo. So that's been an exciting project. Uh, it started out small and, and as I start working on it, um, it, it got bigger and bigger, but uh, that's been a lot of fun. It allowed me to go back and uh, do some research and find out uh, the best ways to, to coach punters and kickers and then what we can do with them in the in the weight room. John, if you don't mind me asking, uh, are you still doing your foundational work? I know for a long time there you were heavily involved in that. We do. My wife and I run uh, Dinner with the Pros. Uh, Steve Weatherford, the punter for the Giants, has been my co-host the last several years, and we invite pro athletes from around the country to come in and we actually host and we are waiters during the dinner. Uh, we have live auction, silent auction. Um, the guys really enjoy uh, the interaction with the, with the guests as waiters and the guests really love it because they really get up close and get to spend some time with these guys. And uh, it's been a lot of fun at that La Costa Spawn Resort here in San Diego on April 12th. And the website is dinnerwiththepros.org. Well, good stuff. I'm glad you put up the website. I didn't even think to ask you that. Good job. Hey, uh, one more one more thing, John. You're a Notre Dame guy, aren't you? Yes, sir. All right. So have you uh, have you begun to chucking all your Adidas uh, Notre Dame gear for the new Under Armour deal? <laughs> uh, you know what? I 
I think I need to get busy on that. Um, yeah, Under Armour's really made a big push in the athletic world. They make a great product, and uh, it'll be good to see Under Armour on the jerseys and shoes of the Fighting Irish. What about the money involved, John? I, you know, that's we're talking about big, big money for what's supposed to be amateur athletics. Is the line continually, continually blurred in that situation? Uh, well, it is. Uh, you can debate it, uh, pros and cons, to where that money's going. Uh, athletic department only universities or do the students or uh, the student athletes really deserve a, a piece of that. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough conversation, um, but certainly worthy to revisit from time to time. Now that this money is really getting uh, quite large. Well, I was going to try and end on a lighter note, but I guess we went a little deeper than I thought we would. There, um, apologize <laughs> for that. John, this has been a pleasure. I appreciate your time. I know it's early, early out west. Um, I didn't set up this time. Don't blame me. Is that is, okay. that, is that fair? <laughs> it's all great, John. Uh, you got a you got a pick on the Super Bowl or no? Well, I'm leaning towards the Seahawks. Uh, for some reason, my my daughter loves the Seahawks and actually has a Seahawks jersey. And uh, Stephen Hoska, the place kicker for the Seahawks, actually came to our our charity event last year, dinner with the pros, and I got to train with him uh, for a few days that week. And He's had a fantastic year. Um, so uh, I'm leaning towards the Seahawks, although out here in the AFC West, uh, Chargers have uh, done a pretty good job with the Broncos. And, uh, you know, I assume the AFC West would like to have uh, another Super Bowl championship, but um, I, we'd like to reserve that for the Chargers down the road. Fair enough. Good stuff. John, I appreciate it very much. Good luck to the foundation, and good luck to uh, to your uh, clients that are coming up for the Combine. I know that you'll be keenly involved with that. Thanks, John. John Who Carney. Did. Yep, thank you. John Carney, former kicker for the New Orleans Saints, uh, still very active in the game, that's, that's for sure. A lot of good stuff today. Uh, we'll have more as we continue on the Black and Blue Report right after this quick time. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners, so play for the thrill. License to Thrill, you belong at the Beau. See M-Life desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans by getting the entire family on board for a Pepsi Friends and Family Night. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games and include four tickets, four hot dogs, four bags of chips, and four Pepsis for as low as $99. The next Pepsi Friends and Family Night is Sunday, January 26th against the Orlando Magic. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, log on to pelicans.com today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Our show continues on this Thursday with Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports, who is back from Mobile, uh, his visit for the Senior Bowl. Um, glad to have you back home, Sean. I hope it went well in Mobile for you. It did. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Earlier in the show, uh, Sean, I, I kind of resisted all week. I mean, I kind of touched on it early in the week with the whole Richard Sherman post-game interview situation. Uh, this past Sunday, this morning I kind of, I kind of let loose a little bit more, and I frankly just said that I didn't find anything wrong with it. Um, I'm curious as to what your take is because the story won't go away, and seems to be the topic for everybody, including everybody's girlfriend, mother, wife, 
neighbor. It doesn't matter. It seems that it's touched just about everybody, and that's, I guess, somewhat surprising to me. Well, you know, my first reaction uh, as a journalist, as someone who does interviews for a living, was I wish I was the one holding the microphone when he said that, just because I guess it's a little selfish on my part, because that was just a moment in TV history that, wow, raw emotion. Uh, really, it was just one of those moments where did he really just say that? And, you know, look, it was it was, it was was an emotional day. They're going to the Super Bowl, and obviously there's a little bit of context uh, in the NFL Network, uh, Mike Duff program uh, last night, uh, where there was, you did try to say good game after the game, and obviously there was a little shove. I, I got to believe it had a little something to do with him calling out Crabtree specifically uh, in the post-game interview. Look, emotions have died down. I'm sure he kind of regrets a little bit of it. Uh, look, I, I really don't have a problem with it. Uh, my first reaction was, wow, that was intense, but uh, uh, brilliant at the same time. I really just felt like it was uh, just a, a, it was true raw emotion and a very emotional time. They're going to the Super Bowl, and he made the play to them there. So I really, at the end of the day, had no problem with it. And ultimately, as I said, my first reaction was, Man, I wish I was going to hold the microphone right there. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you and I have done hundreds and hundreds of these post-game interviews before. And frankly, I found it somewhat refreshing that I didn't get the, well, you know, we we really played hard and that's a good team over there. And we've been just taking it one game at a time all this time. And boy, you know, I, I someone put me in the right position at the right time to make that play. You know, it's just like, oh my gosh, uh, beat my head with a hammer. Why don't you? Uh, it was just kind of different. It was it, it was real. <laughs> It really was. And, you know, I, I was in Seattle twice this year, obviously, for both Saints games, and spent the week uh, in Seattle for the playoff game, and we talked to our affiliates out in Seattle, and I asked them, you know, how will the Seahawks players deal with this? At first, to a man, they were all I did. They're very good to deal with. And each one of them that I talked to said, Richard Sherman is by far the best. He's the most accommodating, uh, very media savvy. Likes, and you, you and I know, Sean, dealing in the media, sometimes they look at the, that part of the job where they got to talk to us as kind of just that. It, it's part of the job. They don't really like it. Well, Sherman is one of those guys that goes out of his way to help the media. If you notice, the Seattle beat reporters and writers and TV guys, they love what he had to say because that was just Sherman being Sherman, and they know how much he goes out of his way for them. So uh, kind of all in context, and, and I saw him at his press conference during the week leading up to the Saints game. You know, he's a very calm, very intelligent guy uh, kind of off the field. So um, it was just a good moment or an emotional moment. And ultimately, uh, I think it's probably time to move on at some point. But it still seems to keep popping up. Uh, here we are, what, uh, Thursday here uh, for a game that was on Sunday. So I guess at some point it'll go away. Yeah, I think so. I think it was we turn, turn around the weekend here. If there was a game this weekend, I think it would have already be gone. We'd be talking about the game this weekend. But it's this strange week uh, in between. Super Bowl week in the conference championships. All right, so forgive me. I took you down to side street there, uh, Sean. <laughs> Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports is with us. Sean, I really wanted to ask you about the Senior Bowl. Uh, this is a, this is an event that I've never been to. Um, give me your take. What, what's it like? Uh, you know, when you get there and you get on the ground, how does this how does this off season ritual play out? Very unique situation, Sean, because um, you have a lot of front office guys, you have a lot of scouts, you know, uh, and a lot of agents, and it's 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 this melting pot of just people, important NFL people and people that represent players and future players. And then, of course, you have the action on the field. But it's almost as if what's happening in the stands and in the chatter between – for instance, we have a shot of Steve Spagnuolo and Rob Ryan talking at the first practice we went to on Monday. Um, it, so it's, it, for a lot of these guys, it's a chance to see them face-to-face, chit-chat, small talk. For agents, it's a chance to talk to coaches and 
for coaches looking for work. There's a chance to uh, meet up with some head coaches possibly looking to fill vacancies. And then, of course, you have the action on the field, which, as we've seen in years past, with last year, perfect example, you know, Eric Fisher's great week at the Senior Bowl got him to the number one overall pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's a lot of different different storylines and angles at this thing. It really is a kind of a kind of a, a unique deal, and uh, it's one I've covered over the last three or four years. And it's uh, there always seems to be some storyline, either a on the field and b off the field uh, at Senior Bowl week, and we've been able to cover it every year for the last four or five years. It's something I really look forward to. So, Sean, for the for this edition this year, what's your biggest takeaway? Well. Uh, on the field, you know, there were a couple of plays that I was able to check. I only was able to watch two practices, uh, and obviously uh, I, I know this is a guy Sean Payton uh, has kept up with. Uh, Garoppolo, the quarterback from Eastern Illinois, really, really played well. Obviously, he broke a lot of Sean Payton and Tony Romo's records uh, at Eastern Illinois. Um, Mike Davis, the wide receiver out of Texas, uh, another guy that really looks good. Just looks like a complete receiver. Uh, and I also keep my eye on the local guys, Lamine Barrow and Craig Lawson, both LSU guys. We're running with the first team, with the South team. Uh, both were able to make some plays. I know Lawson had an interception. Uh, Ryan Grant, um, out of Tulane, wide receiver. Uh, this is an important year for him. Uh, obviously a very productive guy at Tulane, but also for Tulane as a whole. It kind of is a staple of, hey, we're back on the map here. And Ryan Grant uh, is the first invite invitee since uh, Jeremy Williams back in 2010. So uh, in the, the one practice I saw him, had a little bit of inconsistency, but I think overall if he can get a, a good week and a good game this weekend, he'll help his draft stock as well. Those guys look the part, don't they? When they finally get together in a situation like Mobile, you can really see who, who fits and who doesn't, can't you? No, there's no doubt. And uh, but These are all the best of the best. and uh, you know, it's, not, it's not everyone because it doesn't include uh, you know, underclassmen going in, but these are guys that scouts have really watched and done their homework on for, uh, you know, the, the better part of three or four years, and it's their chance to finally get up close and personal with them. So it certainly is a uh, uh, a situation where you can really make yourself a lot of money if you're if you're a player getting into the draft by a good week at senior bowl. Yeah, it's it's like almost like the baseball winter meetings, but football style in a sense. That's no doubt. Yeah, and and it really is. It's with probably one of the. It's become. It's a very well-run event for an off-season type thing like that, and it's become even more and more specialized. Phil Savage, the former Browns general manager, I believe, he does play uh, color for the Alabama football games, really puts it on, and he's taken it over the last couple of years and really has taken it to another level. So if you never get a chance to do it, it's something to really, really check out, Sean. Yeah, they've got a title sponsor and everything. It's pretty unbelievable. Good stuff. Uh, Sean, real quick before I let you go, uh, number one, are you traveling next week? Are you going to go try and cover the Super Bowl up in New Jersey, or are you going to do it from afar? I, I will be in New Orleans watching it, uh, like uh, like I guess most of the New Orleanians here. I will not be traveling up to, uh, to the Super Bowl, but it will be on Fox 8. Yes. So that's always- yes, uh, it will be. Nice plug there. Way to slide that in. <laughs> um, and you're a smart man, I think, for staying down here. Uh, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I put you in a corner here and make you pick? Denver or Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm look. I'm, I'm going Denver. Um, you know, I just I, I've seen Peyton do his work. I think this will be the most. Uh, the Seattle uh, secondary will be challenged all year long. Um, yeah, I don't know that we'll ever see a, a player dominate the way Peyton Manning dominates. Uh, it, it's so cerebral and it's just so unique the way he does it. Even the other great quarterbacks in the NFL, he's just got that own unique style that really uh, is a cut above. And I just think. It's his year. Um, I, I just I've never been sold on Seattle's offense. A little bit inconsistent. 
Um, and so I don't know that the Seattle offense versus the Denver defense is, uh, is the, uh, is a matchup that Seattle can win consistently. But I do think flip side of that Peyton Manning on offense against Seattle's defense, I think ultimately Peyton Manning wins that battle and they win the game. I, I'm writing this down. I'm holding you to this and, uh, Let's do it. and we'll hold all accountable over the next week whom I ask these picks from. So, uh, thanks again for coming on today. I'm glad you had a great visit to Mobile and I appreciate the insight. No problem. Thanks for having me. Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. Uh, as I mentioned, the Super Bowl will be on Fox 8 one week from Sunday. All right, we'll wrap things up on this Thursday here on the Black and Blue Report right after this. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. All right, before we go, as promised, I want to get you some of what Anthony Davis uh, had to say after practice today, not only about where things are this week with the Pelicans, the road trip to Detroit, play the Pistons tomorrow night, by the way, um, but about his um, his uh, honor today in being selected as a finalist or one of the final 28 now for Team USA over the next three seasons. So here's a little bit of what Anthony Davis had for us after practice on Airline Drive today. It feels good. You know, uh, it's been a lot of hard work, you know, uh, all season. You know, to get better and improve my game. And uh, USA took notice of it and um, won a 28 to, you know, um, try to make another team for the summer and um, keep working. And hopefully go out there and, you know, um, keep getting better and, uh, show them that um, I'm ready to, you know, compete and play for them. They want the best guys, you know. Um, want to go out there and compete for their, not just compete, but win the goat, you know. Um, hey, I want to settle anything for anything less than a goal. So, um, you know, I'm wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, a deep roster but with a lot of uh, high talented guys. All right, very good. More on the Monty Williams show tonight regarding uh, this news surrounding Anthony Davis. That's right, it's yours tonight at 8 Central on our flagship radio station. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. And we'll have some of that uh, Monty Williams programming for you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report as well. Tune in, won't you? It's our best visit of the week with the Pelicans head coach. We get to flesh out quite a few things. And uh, I've got a nice list of questions already uh, written up for him for today's show. Our thanks to Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com for stopping by today. John Carney was fabulous, former Saints kicker, and Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. We're all traveling later today. The Black and Blue Report will come to you from the Motor City tomorrow and then Pelicans basketball tomorrow night against the Pistons. On tomorrow's show, Lee Zurich, I think, is stopping by. Speaking of Fox 8, 
uh, Daniel or myself, haven't been determined yet. One of us is going to ask Lee Zurich about his time playing with Peyton Manning on the high school gridiron. That's just a part of our show tomorrow. We'll also talk about Pelicans basketball, uh, perhaps from a national level, and then Joel Myers, the uh, television voice of the Pelicans, stops by, and we'll uh, get his thoughts on all-star selections. The starters will be named later on tonight, I think on TNT, so you'll, uh, you'll be looking for that. That'll do it for this uh, Thursday show. Hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. Stay warm. Uh, be smart tonight, especially with the uh, pets, if you don't mind. It's going to be nasty here in southeast Louisiana. Maybe not Detroit cold, but cold nonetheless here. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.